Welcome to If Blackbirds Were Ducks. I love fanning turkeys. <laughs> you know why? I, you know why I wanted to say it. This. You know why I wanted to say it. I mean, sure. just because I put up that that stupid thing on uh, TikTok the other day and started a a civil war with the shit hunters. Wait, what did you what did you put on TikTok? The, like the clip of you guys talking about shed hunting and where I just randomly say I think shed hunting's stupid, mm. and then no one, <laughs> hey, no one you... heard, no one heard the rest of the story. Yeah, they just heard that part. So, and so that fired off the the fanners, the anti fanners, huh? No, we never heard anything from the fanners, but I figured this week we might as well get the fanners going. Oh, got it. Okay. The anti fanners. The there's rarely an, an outspoken fanner, mm. but the uh, the virtue signalers they're they're all about it. Why why does the anti fanner not say much? No, the anti fanner does. Or excuse me, why, why does, does the why does the fanner not say much? Well, it's just like in politics, right? I'd like to equate anti fanners to. Um, the more liberal crowd, uh, the squeakier wheel, if you will, not the silent majority. See, fanners, unfortunately for them, for the anti-fanners, the silent majority are fanners, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, the silent majority are fanners. It's either that or deep in the mind's mind, they're like, I don't know if I want to be a fanner, or they or they feel a little guilt about being a fanner. That's more the problem is they can't be outspoken about being a fanner because yeah. nobody nobody other than like Michael Waddell says that gives the anti fanner shit. It's just like it's just like all these people putting their pronouns on their email signature and companies, right? Mm. I don't see much of that, but I get it. Oh, I do, but you, do, you? you can only imagine. You can only yeah. imagine what I do, but uh, yeah, it's just um, just one of those things. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, mm-hmm. even in the hunting community. Yeah. And I think I think it's. I mean, we had a whole podcast on this last year, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just no, kind of. I, it's kind of funny. I don't, I don't care. I think it's hilarious now whenever people if i fan one on a video try to rip into me um it doesn't bug me at all i know you could come at me a million times don't care yeah no fan and fan and turkeys is is good fun i get the whole uh conversation about safety and things like that 100 percent. i can i can understand that but you know if you're a single guy running around with a fan in prairie or uh, areas that it's not like dense uh, hunting pressure, dude, it's it's not a big deal. There's yeah. no there's no there's no way to play a bird that is out in the middle of um, I don't know 
40 acres of field where they have a patch of trees over here that they roost in and you're going to go play with a fan. There's no other, there's in those situations, there's not a lot of other plays. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know, like I said, I get the whole conversation about safety in densely hunted areas or, um, heavy timber, things like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. When, when a guy is calling a bird, he's, he's like, a lot of the times he's sitting just over a ridge because as soon as a bird pops its head up or fan or, you know, that little bit of movement, it's like, okay, there's that bird. I'm getting on him and I'm ready to shoot. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. If you're in heavy woods in, uh, highly pressured areas that's that can be a safety concern that's not there's a lot of parts of the country that that's not the way they're funny right with a fan so i don't know yes in some places it makes sense it's probably not safe ethically from like a perspective of like hunting a bird i mean you're playing you're playing his uh, emotions with a fan just like you are with a, a hand call. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not that much different. So in those in those prairie open settings, it's a lot different than what people are thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. I've shot a lot of birds with a fan. You have to. We all like. There's a bunch of them that have. Um, you learn a lot about turkeys just by going hunting and, you know, if you shoot one with a, with a fan, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's a boatload of fun. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. It really is. So we had to get our, we had to get our controversial topic out of the way. No, good. I'm, I'm glad we're past that. Let's make everybody happy. And this is, this is all going to be about about butterflies and rainbows from here on <laughs> out. Uh, so what's, just, what's new with you, dude? What are you What are you been up to? What's What's going on? Man, it's uh, definitely the butthole of the year right now for me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Making sausage, getting ahead on that, yeah. dusting yeah. the mounts, sending some stuff out to get mounted. That's cool. Yeah. I haven't done that in years, so I'm for excited sure. about that. Um, a little planning, definitely a lot of planning, but I'm to the point where I'm done planning. So I'm kind of like just ready to rock. Oh my gosh. We're, um, yeah, we're, we're through the the summer months of planning and it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I, I still don't know exactly what's going to happen with this fall. No, I don't either. It's like, you know, elk, mule deer rifle deer ducks and geese i mean it's just there's a lot to go as far as that goes so yeah i have a yeah i've got my spring into like june but i should say all the way through june i'm i'm got everything figured out so i'm happy there um which is exciting like right now i'm getting bored um because it's like for a while there, it was just go to work, get home, edit till 10, 11, midnight, go to bed, yeah. go to work, come back, edit. And now I'm like, 
I can't do this. This just constant cycle. Even the weekends have been editing. Yeah. I was like, I can't just do this constant cycle anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I only got two weeks. And we're making a bunch of sausage this weekend, me and Matt are. So, there you go. There you go. Which will pay off. Yeah. <clears throat> Perfect. Get the meats done for spring turkey hunts and bear hunts i'm sure huh oh yeah i mean i don't have much turkey hunting planned other than with you yeah that'll be a good time that's exciting mm-hmm. how deep into the weeds are we getting on that one? Oh, we can we can talk about it because it'll be kind of nice because we'll get to do some in-person podcasts there um yeah that'll be that would be a fun podcast to put together too actually everything about that one it's gonna be a good time yeah and the plan is we don't know are we are we floating or are we not floating i think it would be i think we have a very good chance to float and just to give everybody a little bit of background of what we're doing here um we picked out uh an area that has um i don't know it it's not a it's not a high flow river by any means i would say if we were going to go out there in july we'd be in tough shape as far as being able to float this thing but with spring runoff and the amount of snowpack we got this year um i think the the amount of flow that we'll have will be uh enough to send us down river without getting hung up on sandbars and having to trek long distances. But when it comes down to it, um, you know, our plan is to go in with, I think we're up to eight tags and we're going to float these sections of river that, you know, I don't know if we'll do overnights on sandbars or if we'll just try to do uh, a float per day or what it's going to shake out to be. But, um, yeah, essentially floating, a floating a body of water we've never messed with before and, um, working the adjacent pieces that are accessible only from the river. And so, um, yeah, we're going to go out there, maybe bring single man tents with spend nights on sandbars. Um, and so. I'm excited. I mean, we may find out that there's too much flow and it's just not safe to do. Um, I can't imagine there's not going to be enough flow to the point where it's like we get halfway through an eight mile float or something and which would be long, I think even four miles and end up having to portage a kayak and a couple canoes or something. But yeah, um, so, yeah, I we've been it's, talking it's about be... doing that for a long time. Not there, yeah, re... per se. Well, right. No, I mean, I think every turkey hunter kind of has it on their list to um, <clears throat> travel into a place with a boat mm-hmm. and uh, and kill a bird. It's kind of like I don't know. It just adds an element, right? And yeah. so, yeah, no, we've all, 
I think we've all had this kind of on our list for a while, but <clears throat> it was um, whatever, a couple years ago when we were all at deer camp together and we just got to conjuring ideas about where we could finally do it. Right. And this one made sense. And so, um, you know, started dropping points, looking through uh, drainages and things like that. And it's like, it became pretty evident that this one was possible. And I think even this spring, we were like, we weren't fully committed to it. Right. We just don't know what the flows are like in that part of the state. Um on any given year, I mean, they can just not have snow out there. Yeah, um, definitely. Especially after last summer where as much drought as we had, that it wasn't going to be potentially be possible. But I think we have a real good, real good chance of being able to float, float long distances, potentially camp. Um, and camping would give us the ability to spend more time in those pieces that there's a lot of untouched ground there. It's yep. just straight up hard to get to if you're not floating into it. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, and, and what's be, it could be good. What's cool about that too is uh, we have other tags and other people that we're going to meet up with the second half of the week. So mm-hmm. I always like to do this on anything. Turkey trips are usually where it, where it ends up. Where if you're going to go two places and you know the first one's unknown or could be harder, you do that one yep. first. For sure. So that you end well. And kind of the second place we're going to, um, a bunch of our friends, We've not, have you ever taken him there? No? I have not. No. You spent a lot of time there deer hunting and stuff, but yeah. uh, several of our friends have been hunting there the past few years and doing well. So it's kind of nice to, to see that. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be fun. New adventure for sure. Different part. Um, you know, whenever we're out there deer hunting, we always see a lot of turkeys. Um, but it's that time of the year where they're starting to bunch up and they're hitting farmyards and stuff like that. So, I like to, I have kind of a thought in my head that it's like the turkey numbers are there. And you see this throughout South Dakota where it's like those wintering ground. Well, and I'm, who am I? Nebraska, Kansas. Yeah, you see it everywhere. You know, turkeys travel so far out in the spots that they don't spend time in in the middle of winter. So the bird numbers are there. The cover is adjacent. They're going to be there. It's just yeah. a matter of getting out and getting after them. So, and come no. May, which is the time frame we're going to hunt, those hens have explored, moved up into the far distant reaches of those drainages. Yep. Um, up those creeks and stuff, and are finding nest holes way up there. Mm-hmm. And the gobblers just follow suit and cruise around. No doubt. Yeah, it's interesting no that that May time frame, um, in the northern half of the U.S., I should say, mm. there's and and this this can occur in April further south and stuff, but for 
uh, the prairie birds, just the northern half of the U.S. birds, there's like a time frame in there in May where there's like a week where it's on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, I've seen it first, second, or third week, and it varies from year to year. Yeah. And, and then also you could you could go the third, fourth week of May, and it could just be tough because they're kind of at the tail end of their breeding yeah. cycle. And it's it's so seasonal, right? I mean, like this year, shoot, we're supposed to get three to five inches of snow tomorrow. Um, when we've just been getting snow and weather like crazy. I mean, we're in the middle of March, but it's hard to think that in two, three weeks season opens and you could be chasing birds that are fired up you know gobbling hens and getting after it yeah it's like it's that's hard to believe so it's hard it's hard to get your head around that and so i don't know maybe maybe it is that second third week maybe that last weekend of the season's real hot this year but i mean i think a lot of parts of the state is going to be melting snow until early mid-may i i mean there's a lot really? of snow in some of these areas oh yeah. yeah um i've killed birds in the snow plenty of times there mm-hmm. oh I've, yeah no, i wore yeah. whites i and they're fired up i mean what's interesting is when i lived in the hills and they're all wintered down in like farmyards and stuff below the hills down in the creek drainages um in march we would watch those huge flocks that are down in there me and drew and they'd be breeding hens in late march which is crazy to me but yeah like it is weird i mean we've been out we've been out bow hunting uh first weekend in april yeah uh, in years past here and it's like yeah you see some really good really good breeding activity yeah um, in turkeys and so yeah no uh, it, they're gonna be getting after it doesn't matter how late are they gonna go into the season yeah and typically I'm, the month of may is usually the best around here like you said those hens start hitting nests and toms are still looking right delayed implantation is a, a trait that they have so um they're able to you know delay the just hold on to a bunch of semen and Mm-hmm. And plant their eggs whenever they want kind of a deal it's kind of yeah. interesting absolutely but yeah no it's i don't know uh last year i had a heck of a turkey season i shot one turkey <laughs> yeah. one turkey last year mm-hmm. which is pretty bizarre because back in the heyday like i'd shoot like a dozen yeah a year, you know weird uh weird to think that you um were doing something other than turkey hunting last year that's for sure the bears have consumed mm-hmm. even right now for idaho i don't i haven't thought about turkeys much i was thinking i could go in the afternoons maybe some this year but the weekends man mm-hmm. like looking at the calendar i i don't know what i'm gonna turkey on so is south Dakota the only trip this year or what um, I think I might go to Washington the last weekend of their season. Okay. 
I think that's yeah. just just to knock a state off. Mm-hmm. But it's that's a little bit more manageable too. Not not big travel by any means. Five five hour drive, I think, to where mm-hmm. I'd go. So there you go. And like I went to Oregon and hunted with Mariah a couple of years ago and shot my Oregon bird. And like when we went and did that, it was like a three day weekend. We just hung out. I would hunt, shot a turkey, just kind of enjoyable, like a little, <laughs> a little fun outing. There's so many turkeys up there in Oregon, Washington. Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of people like message me on Instagram or YouTube and stuff, and they're like, "Hey man, like I'll trade you a hunt here if you tell me where to hunt in Oregon and stuff." Oh, and I'm geez. like. I'm like, I mean, it's not worth it, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know Whatever. Right. Yeah. It's right. kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Oregon's like, it was pretty awesome. Public land everywhere. Lots of pressure, but that's everywhere. But they had plenty yeah. of birds, goblin turkeys everywhere. Hmm. Could just be where I, where I hopped into too, you know? I don't know. Yeah. You never know on that deal. How's the, uh, How's the get and tag situation in Idaho? Just buy them over the counter. Is it is it that simple? Just yeah. I mean, is there a limit or what are you like? What you can buy two. You can buy two tags. Yeah. Okay. And it's not like a per unit situation. It's like any resident could get two tags. That's it. Uh, No, there's there's only certain spots that are open to the general tag. Uh, there's like one mountain range in the South that you can draw for really cool area. Um, and then there's right here, like along the rivers, riparian areas, right by Boise Mm -hmm. there. You have to draw to get that one. So, yeah. And those aren't like access permits or something. They're like specific tags, tags for a unit, a limited draw unit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, then other than that, um, there's just only certain units open. There's turkeys and yeah. other ones that aren't open. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just funny because it's like, you think about a place like Idaho where it's like topography, cover, mm-hmm. potentially a wild amount of turkeys. I don't know that for fact but and then like a state like south dakota where it's like as a resident you could get your hands on i don't know easy like you could if you really got after it in the leftovers the hills archery tags the reservation tags it's like I mean, dude, you could have, you could have sixteen tags. Yeah, you know? I think didn't they put a they kind of put a limit on it now for state tags, state shotgun tags. Yeah, you can get up to, I mean, if you got really lucky in the third draw, you could get up to five tags, um, state shotgun, state prairie shotgun tags. But if there's a left, if there's leftovers after the third draw, they're like first come first serve. Oh, really? Yeah. So then beyond that, you know, 
however you shake out at that point. Um, but the difference, so, yeah, so there's a difference in that in South Dakota, it's by county. Mm-hmm. Or, and then there's the hills. And then there's archery. So there's like, yep. it's different. So a lot of those counties where there are, where you can get tags, mm-hmm. there may not, there may not many, many, if any birds on public. Right. You know, that's true. And we've seen that. Right. Yeah. And we're, and I mean, access for turkeys is getting harder and harder. Like just mm-hmm. the other day, Josh, well, yesterday, Josh was texting us about some yeah. guy that he was hunting with or hunting on before that would just be like, oh, we'll give him a case of Budweiser or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, now wants to charge, how much was it? 350 a bird or 400 a I bird? Think, I think it was 300 a bird, but he was willing to give him a, a price of 250 because they were buddies. A, bud, a buddy it's price. Like, <laughs> it's like, dang, man. That's a hell of a buddy price, especially from yeah. year to year to go from zero to 250. Right. Right. But yeah. turkeys have become wildly popular. I mean, they have. And, you know, it's funny to, to look back on it now, but that year of COVID, like, the leftovers or the the amount of tags that were available in the third draw um that covid year was uh, it was i mean they were absolutely picked over to get a to to get a leftover license in some of those counties in the third draw was like hard yeah in comparison to what it had been in the past now you know what it has looked like the last couple of years now though is that it's starting to it's it's bounced back mm-hmm. and i think i think it scared a bunch of people from like those you know third draw counties that they've been paying attention to um because it's like oh well no you can't buy them anymore you know it's like oh, i think you're giving, was... i think you're giving away too much about the draw system right now Tom. it's fine <laughs> it's fine dude the people people are busy People, you either yeah. you either hunt turkeys or you don't. You you if you don't, and you think you're gonna get a bunch of tags, you might apply for it one year. You get after yeah. it. You get a you get a tag. You don't use it, and next thing you know, those people aren't aren't buying those tags anymore. Like, there's people out there who want to hunt and get after it and do the thing, and there's people who, quite honestly, act like it. You know. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's it's, true. I'm not. You I'm can not tell, you could, that's the funny thing is you can tell a million people the best advice in the world, but for people to actually yeah. apply it is just, mm-hmm. it's like pulling teeth to get anybody to do anything anymore, it feels like. Absolutely. Yeah. People get busy, man. They got families. They got, they got stuff going on. Yeah. It's just, it's the way it goes. I, I don't know. I don't get too worked up about competition anymore. It's just no. I don't care about you it. know. Yeah. It's just I don't know. Some people get really worried worried about it, and turkeys. I don't. I guess. Yeah, it's just like the. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. 
Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Like back in the day, I was trying to think of like, um, you know, you'll see our big, our big uh, pile pictures, if you will, that we wouldn't release at the time. Like I put one out the other day, that tent one, that's a really classic picture. That's a good one. That is. That is a good one. What we have? I will, say, I will say I won't. I won't name drop that place though, because that one. That no, one no, don't name drop any place <laughs> not, unless it sucks. <laughs> can't name drop a place. Yeah, that's a special place. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one. I no that. Yeah, I love that photo. I it was funny. I I saw it come across the the feed that day, and <clears throat> I actually have that one like in my office um up on the bulletin board for sure because just good stuff man yeah not not often do you get a bunch of weekends or time like that with everybody anymore and um it's uh no (laughs) and we smoked them (laughs) it was fun it was a good time that that time i'm trying to think on that on that hunt what we what we had as far as I remember there was one day, one time we shot eight turkeys in like 1.25 days. We calculated. Mm-hmm. Was that, um, was that one of the times when, uh, when the dads were with, there was a couple dads there. I think there was just your dad. Oh no. Jim, Jim, Jim was, was there. there too. Yeah. Yeah. We have that big shout tree. out Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. Listen. We know he's listening. <laughs> he's taking notes. No. Uh-huh. Don't don't tell your friends about that place, Jim. Yeah, don't be don't be blabbing. <laughs> no, that that was a time though because I think that morning I can't remember if it was Billy and Billy and Carrie, but they beat up too like right away. And then it was it wasn't an hour later. Dad and I got into a pair, and, and he shot too. Yeah, and I want to say you might have shot the night before. Oh, did I, I shot there. one? Yeah, I shot one like right away. Yeah, and then I shot another one the next morning too, or something. Yeah, I was with somebody. That, I might have been with Carrie. I'm guessing potentially. And we were plugging birds. Um, but the one that like is recent in my head is one where we did a week and we had like 19 turkey tags or something. Mm-hmm. And we kill in that spot, the first spot we went to, we had that day where we just shot the piss out of them. Yeah, it was the last day. Wasn't it? No, was was it was our first day that like our full we showed up and hunted like the first evening. But then the next day we like filled all of our tags together. Remember we hunted together. Yeah, no, it was a it was on a Sunday because I had to leave that night. Oh, you had to leave, but we were we were going to stick it out regardless. Yeah, but I remember we were all together. We shot. Um, we shot one. And nothing too crazy to share on no. that one. But then the second one was the one that Billy got um, the mudbird. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about the mud bird, but hold on. The first one we shot was a double. Remember? You and I, you and I, and you missed, and then I shot two oh, at yeah. one shot. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. And that <laughs> one was triple bearded, too. Yeah, it was. And the other one, which is another thing, well, I'll bring it up later. The other one had got shot with a broadhead and it ruined the meat. Old, I forgot about that. Old breast rot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, the mud bird. We can talk about the mud bird because that one was crazy. Oh, that's crazy. So we're set up in this spot, and it's like under a cliff. And Tom and Carrie are on on one spot, and Billy and I are in another. I'm like with Billy; he's shooting, and we call about twenty. I would say we're fifteen, twenty yards apart. Yeah, something like that. Each hidden hidden up like a little tree or cut bank thing. And then um, this bird is like gobbling to us, but he's way out there. Long way off. I mean, three quarters of a mile, probably. And we're I, like, it, it still shocks me how far away he was and how probably a mile tuned in. A mile. Yeah, he was tuned in on us, no doubt. Well, he comes to us and pretty quickly. Uh, and you could you guys get a shot at him and we couldn't or something right away? Well, he was he was coming in so nice, and we could see him for a long ways. And then he just got to a spot where it was like, if he kept coming, he was bound to just lift up over this ridge and be right in front of us. Right. But then he went around. Yeah, he like, he, he zigged when he should have zagged or something. I don't know how... He ended up where he was, but the cut bank was behind you and Bill. Yeah, we were like hiding under the cut bank. You know, Carrie and I, we're on the other side, away from them, from this cut bank. And we look up, and this bird is above them, on top of the cut bank. And <laughs> so... I think he gobbled is is how you guys finally figured out that he was above you. Yeah, because you guys couldn't move and were staring at the turkey. No gun. Or did you have a gun? Didn't Carrie say he thought about shooting We literally would have had to shoot over the top of you guys to shoot this bird. It was like 40 yards up to that cut bank. Yeah, it was. He was up there. And I'm I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure you guys like plucked at him or something, and he like stuck he, like, his head over, put his his head out over the cut. Carrie and I are just kind of like watching him, and, Billy and not really expecting to be able to anybody to be able to shoot him, and all of a sudden just just throws him back, the, and he rolls down the muddy slide cut bank <laughs> right <laughs> to our laps. <laughs> In a big puddle of mud, and just sat there and just gave the old <laughs> the mud bird, yeah, the infamous mud bird. That was awesome. I'll never forget that. Then we had like another one later that day fly in across that little drainage, and Carrie shot that one. Yeah, and then we shot one at the same spot that um, 
that I had shot one a couple days uh, or maybe like a day before. And that's where you found that, um, oh, what do you call it? When they, when the hens are like backed up and then all of a sudden they, yeah. Yeah. The name for it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, it's um, something about an incubation poop or whatever, you know, basically like (laughs) it builds up, they're incubating eggs. So their poop builds up and then you get a giant, in this case, as large as a bush light can turkey poop which is wild it was just kind of cool to see it it's very interesting that they do that i've seen it a few times now but it's very interesting Mm -hmm. and then from there we had the uh the massacre you were you had to leave because of family obligations Mm -hmm. but we so this was like a three-part trip and we started in one place that we knew and we're going to end in another place that we knew and in the middle was just a random, we had a bunch of tags and we were having a tough time. Could not find any turkeys, hens, nothing on public and ended up getting permission on a flock of turkeys and wiping out every male in that population. Um, <laughs> I really hope something came down the creek eventually there and just yeah. found himself a whole creek bottom full of hens. hens. Yeah, whole bunch yeah. of nested up hens. Yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, it was so late in the season. That was like the last week of the season. And, and quite honestly, that was probably one of those years we were kind of talking about it earlier, but that was probably one of those years where it was like you hit it at the right week, you know? Well, and that's another thing to talk about with that week because by the tail end of the week. It was harder. It was really hard. We shot birds, but we had to shoot them early in the morning. Yeah. 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 Not they kind of get in that funk late where they're it's just morning activity and then it's just hot. Mm-hmm. And they aren't talking. They're just sitting under a tree. Yeah. Pretty interesting how that'll how that'll change. And then five days before they could come running in at one PM. Mm-hmm. Which dude, if you get a gobble at like one PM, oh, mm-hmm. Like yeah, to like answering you, cut you off. I'm just like, yep, here we go. Last year I had um, an awesome day. It was uh, middle of May, and uh, I had I didn't have a lot of time to uh, hunt last spring. We had a newborn. Um, the opportunities were a little bit thin, but finally got a weekend where it's a big piece same area that we had uh we were just talking about where we shot all those birds and um got out the night before got there really late slept in the truck um just under the topper lived lived that life for a night which was fun got up at a decent time hiked in but i didn't get back into the area that i wanted to be at until maybe 9 9 30. Mm-hmm. And so got back there, heard some birds over on private, couldn't really do anything with them. Spent the rest of the morning working this drainage. And I came across a spot where it was almost like a hen was yelping at me to like identify herself. 
like it wasn't it was almost like i kind of busted the, her situation and it was mm-hmm. like a hen yelping on her nest and it wasn't maybe 10 minutes later i was using a, a slate call that morning and fired a gobbler off i don't know quarter mile away it seemed like and he uh he was just way up on top of this bluff came cruising down another bird behind him and it was like just firing that hen off at that time was just they were they were in looking mode it was like that hen was very clearly on her nest um i hadn't seen a lot of hens that morning Mm -hmm. and it was just like that time hearing a hen being a little bit fired up he was immediately like looking and it it made that bird super susceptible to me at that point and ended up having him come in shot him put him on the pack hiked maybe another mile and same situation fired up a, a another hen on her nest and a tom just comes immediately over yep um, all that wreck cut, yep got on the other side of that hen cut got between them and it was just two toms came straight in i had i had a second tag shot another bird and day was done but it was just like the right time hens on the nest good spot where it's like not many people are going to hike three miles to get back in here sure and it was just it was just one of those days where it's like right time of the year right place a little extra effort hens on the nest i think one of the main things one of the main problems with well not problems one of the major mistakes majority of turkey hunters still to this day make is going back to sit at camp for lunch until the evening Mm -hmm. i mean turkey hunting turkey hunting for me is an all-day affair Mm -hmm. yeah i like to take a nap under a tree or eat lunch but not you don't go back to camp and sit around and screw off yeah, it, you're missing prime time. A lot of most people are missing prime time. Right, and the tough the tough part about that is that when you got a good group of guys, being at camp is fun. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, being there, hanging out, you're laid back, peel a layer off, have a beer, eat a brat, whatever it might be, you know, but. Yeah. Honestly, the day is long, but the more you can be out and after it, especially those midday hours, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't tell you how many from everybody's like, you know, nine to noon. I'm like a ten to three. Mm-hmm. If if you were to take like called in textbook quick lonely tom mm-hmm. right to the end of the barrel just perfect 10 to 3 um and yeah i mean all day you can kill a turkey evenings you can definitely kill them yeah kill a lot there's a lot of movement in the evening which is nice to to find some birds but um 
that's like Carrie's favorite time is evening. Yeah. He always talks about that. How many kills in the evening? Like the last two hours. I'm I'm kinda with I'm kinda with you. That midday that midday stuff. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> if there's if there's a time that is looking and it, believe me, if it's that time of the year, they're looking and there's hens on nests or there's I don't know. It, I shouldn't even get too hung up on the hens on nest stuff. Yeah, no, probably I not. I mean, you know when birds are hung hand up or not, right? Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I mean, midday is a good time because even when they are focused on those hens, those hens will still start to establish some midday, um, you know, consistencies where you can peel one of those birds off from time to time. Yeah. I've never, the, the thing is we hunt so many Merriams and I've never, I don't think I've ever hunted alone Merriams off a roost. I've shot Easterns off of roost, but every morning there's like a flock amalgamation of Merriams. It seems like, and I don't know why that is, but it just seems like that's the case. I will say I've now I can't speak to specifically Miriam's off the roost as much as you can. I can certainly agree with you that I've shot a lot more Easterns off the roost. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I the the little bit of Miriam's specific hunting i've done i i mean i've been in on a couple where it's like they'll give you a look oh yeah they'll come and they'll come and check it out i'm not saying you won't shoot them they're not easy (laughs) they're not easy i'm not saying you i won't not saying you won't shoot them but there's always hints like Mm -hmm. it seems like i've never seen a Merriam's alone roosted i i shouldn't say that i probably have if i like thumb through my head long enough but mm-hmm. every time it seems like there's some hint in there when you don't think there is you know it's interesting and with easterns a lot of times and it may just be the nature of where they are you know less open can't find each other but in the hardwoods i've had easterns alone a lot they just come right to you in the morning i think about i think about like um I think about like Hills birds, for example, right? One time in particular, fairly confident, this bird was roosted by himself on his tail at at right at the crack, right? He's going nuts in the tree. I mean, he's gotta literally be over the mountain. He's like mm-hmm. literally over the right lip. there. Yeah. Yeah. He's at the top. Carries way back. I'm snuck up as far as I can possibly be. This dude finally flies down, hits that lip, literally gets up, checks it out, and he's off. And we could have followed that bird for five miles. And it was like he had his ridges that he was hitting and his hens that he was checking. I mean, he was all over the place. You could just hear him forever. 
yeah. just cruising these ridges. And it was and like, he'll and he would gobble to you. Yeah. That's the funny yeah. thing about Miriam's is like they gobble to you as they're walking away, which is the most frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't so much happen in a prairie setting. It happens in those mountainous right. settings. Because yep. in the prairie setting, oftentimes there's so little like like good turkey habitat. They'll be anywhere, but there's so little like good turkey habitat that they almost don't have as big of an area to cover. Yeah. No, like this drainage, this drainage, this drainage. You get in the hills and everything's turkey habitat. Yeah. And it's just like you're and that's same with the mountain birds here. You'll chase them all day. And they'll gobble their head off. So at least they gobble, but it turns into you basically trying to catch up to them and bushwhack them at the end of it, you know? That's yeah, it's certainly felt that way on that hunt in particular. It was like you're constantly playing catch up with those birds. Yeah. They're they're always a step ahead of you. Dude, the Hills birds are the uh in my opinion, in my opinion, that's one of the toughest places to hunt Merriams. And I mean, I've hunted them not everywhere you hunt them. Colorado was really tough, but I think it's we were there a little late. Colorado Colorado was really tough, but it's very similar to the hills. And Man, the hills is so hard. The amount of people, the lack of toms, because like you'll see a flock and it's like 25 hens in one tom. It's just yeah. there there is a lot of pressure on I wish I I wish I knew more about them. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in the state that are like, or anybody, because you know, non-residents can get that <clears throat> pretty easy. But the there's guys who oh yeah know how to hunt those birds really yep. well oh yeah a lot, of them, kill I, them, all a lot the of them i yeah a lot of them i think are local you know i certainly have friends who mm-hmm. have a brother-in-law that are like it's like every year they go out there yeah we got our birds yeah we got our birds and yep. they got a great story about calling a bird in. and it's like man i just i've never had that success in in the hills i always i i every time i hunted there i killed one mm-hmm. oh yeah no i mean but, I, don't get me wrong but a, a lot of it there, but they're they're not like they're not like the i can't tell you many like perfect hunts that i've had there like mm-hmm. the very like hey we found these birds we you know, we're able to call him or we got into this specific situation. A lot of it's like, yeah, he was on the other side of this hill and I made a move around here and before too long, he worked his way down and I shot him, you know, it's kind of like, which nothing wrong with that. You know, it's more of a spot and stock game. Some of those hunts, Yeah, but it's like, you know, that, I don't know, that stereotypical, just like called that bird in, played him, figured him out. It's hard. It's hard in the hills. Yeah, I've, I've never been like we I've never been like we creamed them when we were cut down at the hills, you know. No, no, or or felt like you had one figured out really well or squared away, you know. Yeah. Um but there's guys who there's guys who know how to do it, and I tip my oh, hat yeah. to them, no doubt. Definitely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
I wish it was uh, something that was a little bit more accessible. Not a, and it is. I mean, it's not that big of an undertaking to head out there for a weekend. And, and what get is it like? Five hours from you? Four, four and a half. That only gets me yeah. halfway through Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Problem is all these other tags that a guy can get after, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So we were going to bring up, you know, we had, we each were going to just bring something up, a discussion topic. We talked mm-hmm. about this earlier. Kerry was going to join us. He's not here. He has obligations for the Ducks. Um, my topic, just random thing that we're going to bring up and talk about is bow hunting turkeys. Mm. And I alluded to it earlier with that bird being shot in the breast. I've seen this, I think, three times where I've shot a turkey and the breast is almost completely rotted out from a broadhead. Mm. Uh, My take on bow hunting turkeys, I am not a big fan. If you are using a fixed blade broadhead or something not designed to kill a turkey. Uh, they make turkey broadheads. They make the guillotines. I am a big fan of the guillotines. I think that's kind of the way to go. It's a little bit of an all or nothing. Um, but efficacy-wise and wounding loss, archery is just not not great. Well, you're hitting you're hitting on some chords for me because it's like I love bow hunting. I love mm-hmm. bow hunting. Bow hunting is I do love bow hunting. Now, I agree a hundred percent that as far as a clean kill, a shotgun is tenfold. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is way better um, than killing a. a a turkey with a with a bow. I'm not gonna lie to anybody here. It took it took. Um, gosh, I, like I I told you, I'm not gonna lie to you, and I wanted to lie to you. <laughs> it took me. It took five arrows last year for me. And I, I consider myself a pretty good bow shot. Mm-hmm. You know, put what I thought was a good shot on it. Put a second shot that. I this is was, one. This is one turkey. This is one bird. I've the I've second shot that I thought plenty. was a good bird, yep. yeah. And w- it took it took going and getting permission from a different private landowner. Hey, we wounded a bird. It's over here. Had Josh had to like do a drive on it with me, like waiting to hear. But yeah, you know, I can get it all it's a whole a whole clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah, and so that point i hadn't had many bad situations with shooting birds now you you bring up expandables versus fixed i've shot a lot of turkeys with an expandable broadhead and had great mm-hmm. great scenarios um inside of 20 yards which i think is where most bow hunters are taking their shots on turkeys if you're going much farther than that you're you know, I don't know. You're, I don't know that. I don't think I would, but inside of 20 yards with an expandable, 
good expandable. I'm not talking like these knockoffs that you can buy on, you know, from overseas that are, oh, it's a rage. No, it, it, you know, it's not. They're, it's not. I think shooting an expandable at a at a turkey's a pretty good situation, really. I truly do. I, I just from the results I've had. No, sure. I think fixed blades are good too. I've shot a lot of, shouldn't say a lot, but I've been, I've switched to fixed blades mm-hmm. and I've had good results with them so far as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it holds a place in my heart that it's like, I can't, I can't not get a bow tag and enjoy oh yeah no i don't again with a bow it, it's not for me anymore um i mean i could i could see myself bow hunting again i'm not saying i won't um i probably shot i don't know with my bow probably 10 turkeys mm-hmm. um i probably lost five sure so that's where I'm coming from. And the last year I bow hunted turkeys on opening day of archery season, I had two gobblers come in, thought I just nailed one. He flew away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like mid-May or something. This was a long time ago. I, you were there, the second one. Or you weren't with me, but you were in camp. Oh. And sure. the second one I shot, I gave him two hours. I went to retrieve him and he flew away across a giant canyon. Uh, so ever since then, I've been kind of, well, hold on. Take that back. I did shoot one more turkey after that. I bought some turkey broadheads. Rage makes turkey broadheads. They're kind of mm-hmm. blunt tip to stick into them. Big sure. three blade expandable thing. And that's right. I shot a turkey with that. And that's the last time with Bazin, we doubled. He shot that 30 pound freaking, <laughs> freaking elephant bird. Uh, yeah. And I shot that normal size bird, which looks like a baby next to his. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it that just bugged me. So th- th- what I did was I switched to a turkey broadhead and practiced with those and stuff and shot one like that. But it's just a lot more fun generally hunting with a shotgun too just because it's more effective yeah no it i don't know shooting turkeys with a bow um and that's not like you can be a very accomplished archer and miss by a half an inch on a turkey and it's it's game over you know like they they just like your scenario yeah. Like, like that one last year. Center punched him. Felt great about the shot. Next thing you know, he's hobbling around, still doing his thing. It's like, what? Like 15, yeah. 12, 15 yards. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Just, you can, you can miss him by that much. Yeah. Very easily. The first one I ever shot with my bow, I shot like, like you're talking about, like five times. And then ended up having to jump on him eventually and wrestle him and kill him with my hands. Yeah. And I've even had when I thought when I thought I wanted to bow hunt turkeys over shotgun hunt turkeys, 
I've had some that I shot and then went up to and shot with a shotgun whenever they <laughs> flew away. <laughs> when it gets to that, yeah, I mean, I mean, there wasn't with an arch. It wasn't with just... an archery tag. I just thought I was cool. I was like, oh, I'll just shoot him with a bow because it's cooler. Yeah, but I, I kind of got over it eventually. I was like, no, I got a shotgun tag. I'm shooting with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. But what's yeah. unique and really kind of unique to your state is that archery only tag mm-hmm. how do you not hunt? if i still live there i would hunt archery well yeah i mean it's a it's a tag that anybody can buy and you're good to go now i will say you might see a difference um you might see a downtick in the amount of people buying that tag <clears throat> because this year instead of it opening april 1st for archery only it opens the same weekend as uh the prairie shotgun tags oh so yeah i guarantee you see uh, less people exactly i'm not saying that's good or bad or whatever i think the whole idea south dakota seems to be trying to embrace is the idea of kind of what we were talking about earlier again is giving those turkeys the ability to breed without pressure early on mm-hmm. so yeah, i like yeah. that i mean i yeah there's been a lot of studies that show later season helps with recruitment i don't right. know if you've seen a lot of these recruitment studies in the south even iowa very disturbing numbers as far as little to no recruitment right now yeah yeah very um I haven't dug into it much, but it's it's enough. There's enough buzz out there to know that it's it's a thing. It's a topic, right? And, yeah, there were some studies in Oklahoma where like zero survived out of a lot of a lot of broods, um, and that's a lot of the argument with fanning, right? Yeah. Um, problem is it hasn't been proved yet, and if that's the case, then yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that if that was the actual case we don't know yet um yeah it's just it's good i think that's great because yeah it'll get less people who maybe and i used to be like this probably right away who maybe aren't that great at archers um with cabin fever uh just been waiting to hunt all year and getting out and poking holes in birds uh you know early on just because that's all you can hunt right that first week that was always like the biggest thing right away about buying those was you get an extra week of hunting Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt you could get out the first weekend and and get after them and you know it's kind of it was kind of always a nice way to just start the season is you know been watching these birds they've been hitting this roost very consistently i'm gonna set my blind up over there and pretty decent chance nobody's gonna go do anything to them or anything like that you know you kind of get into that first crack at them uh mentality and so i think i think it will kind of slow some of those archers down from doing that first weekend and you know you get you get a bunch of kids running around anybody Mm-hmm. Get a bunch of people out hunting with 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 shotguns while you're set up in your ground blind on a public spot, and it's gonna burn those guys out pretty fast. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be doing that, honestly. 
Yeah. Right. It did it did come into play a few times with permission. Sometimes if whatever they're worried about cows in a pasture or something, you can get it Absolutely. you can be like, hey, I'm just gonna bow hunt and that could work out in your favor too. For sure. Um yeah, so that was my topic. I'm glad we got to discuss it. Yeah. yeah. You have did you do your homework, Tom? I can't say that I've done my homework, but I've been I will say the other thing that's been on my mind and uh, there's just a few things going on for me in the month of April that like bode well for me being able to do this a little bit more than I have in the past is just getting out and doing some spring walleye fishing. And so I sold my boat last year, which, you know, had to be done, had to be done. It's just uh new one on the way and stuff like that it was just it wasn't uh it wasn't gonna get used like it should have been but mm-hmm. this spring i got uh i got a little bit more plans to do you know waiters in the truck afterward heading north an hour hitting some of those accessible spots for uh spring walleye angler and um uh, month of april is typically pretty good for that kind of stuff now if this weather can cooperate give me a break in the in the snow activity and let some of these 40 degree days sneak in um that might come to fruition but uh if we push into turkey season i don't know that that's going to be the case yeah that's always a good time the waiter fishing Mm -hmm. no doubt it's such a unique thing like road fishing wader fishing mm-hmm. it's a very dakota centric activity in the spring i mean maybe they do it in minnesota i don't know do they well the thing about minnesota is they have a walleye opener over there oh that's right that isn't is that in like May or something? yeah it's typically around the time of mother's day okay and so um yeah yeah no they don't I mean, don't get me wrong, there's the guys out there in in Minnesota that can fish crappies, and that's usually a pretty hot topic. And and when I was growing up there, was being able to get out in those early months and do some open water fishing for crappies and things like that. But walleye, you know. So you can't explain the walleye season. You can't target them. Is that correct? You can't target them, and you certainly can't keep them. Right. Um. in uh in minnesota which is ridiculous to me but well i think they have it's kind of like <clears throat> there's a few things they're set in their old ways in minnesota it seems like one is walleye opener and the other one is deer opener shotgun yeah. deer opener yeah. and it's like there's probably been piles of conservation groups and um you know, public opinion over the years about, hey, we we need to take the slug season out of the rut, or we need to. Why do we have a why do we have a walleye season? None of that. And maybe it goes deeper than, but I, I truly believe that there's just like a an established tradition in that state that like you, you there's there's too much economic impact that's created by just this buildup of like this tradition and this family <clears throat> orientation of mm-hmm. of like this is what we do every year 
and we're going to come here and we're going to rent these cabins and we're going to spend money at these bars and we're going to, you know, all these things um, that kind of keep driving that. Yeah, it's just, that's just well, I that's just, just think just it's one schmuck's opinion, but well, I, I yeah, I, I, I just real. I just I just can't believe you can't target them. I thought, well, why not catch a release and, and now you can harvest them, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you cannot target them. Um, aren't there a few spots are. where you can, like the Detroit River? And yeah, oh, no, that's there, not the Detroit River. What's it called there? Mississippi, Mississippi. Yeah, there's there's pools up there that I don't know much about it, but yeah, no, there's certainly that's where, people out that's there where Mitch right now. That's where yeah. Mitch gets his quick little limits. Yep, quick little limits out there. <laughs> Mitch and Domeyer. Mm-hmm. Shout out, right. Mitch Trollock. Mm-hmm. Um. He actually sent some snaps the other day. He was catching them. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. It I looks did. fun. Looks fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I. It, what doesn't look fun right now, Dan? If you could put me outside chasing just about anything, I think I'd have a smile on my face. Yeah, it's pretty rough. March is rough for me. I. The thing that sucks is like here, there's stuff to do, but. Uh, it's a longer ways away. Like you, you winter fly fish. We fly fish this past weekend, caught some yeah. browns. That was fun. Shatter yeah. rifles getting ready there. Um, you can go do a lot of fishing right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't really have many people that are motivated to do it with me and mm-hmm. I should just go alone, but I can get a lot done oh. here. I would think now would be a really nice time to be fly fishing. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, as far as hatches and stuff goes, yeah, we had like BWOs and midges, but mm-hmm. that's it. That's all you're going to have, and it's going to be nice for that. This weekend, I'm, I think I'm going to fly fish Saturday and then do when sausage you... on Sunday. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a savvy fly fishing guy, but doesn't – wouldn't the cold weather, those cold temps, keep those fish active longer? Now they're usually pretty lethargic, and I think that's mostly because of just bugs, the lack of bugs. Mm. But they're not buried down deep in holes here and there, like they, right? Yes. No. no they'll get that. Like those, the other afternoon, evening, were super active when that hatch fired up. They're like they're like down there waiting for that, you know, and then when that pops off, they're going nuts. Yeah. They're not, yeah, they're cold water fish. They're not they're salmonid. They're not they're not mm-hmm. like like ugh, you know. Right. They're not, not like uh like yeah, they're not like something like I don't know, uh catfish and an iced over right. lake. That's not what they're like at all. Got it. No, they're they're fine. I mean, they can be really fun. And now the temps are, you know, average in the days, mid fifties. So it's getting, if, yeah, I know. I say that to you. I was, we were just at the park before we talked and the dogs are running. I was like, it's cold. Cause it's windy. Mm-hmm. And then like, I thought about you and I was like, no, it's not cold. It was, like I said, we got a pile of snow here. Mm-hmm. In to what South Dakota has for a lot of snow typically. With we hit fifty one degrees today, and nice. which is the first time we've hit fifty one in a long time since October. Yeah, because uh, when I was there in November, it was cold as shit. Yeah, <laughs> the 
the gutters in my neighborhood were absolutely water. I mean, the amount of melting we had going on today was awesome, but it's supposed to get cold tonight. Snow tomorrow, three mm. to five inches. No, oh. we're like, then we're like back into the teens for like the next week. And I got you could call it the butthole of the year here, but damn, that is the real butthole down over there right now. Yeah, there's not even snow geese there right now, are there? You know, I saw some migration today. Nice. I, I will honestly say it's the first that I've seen it so far. That's um, wild because usually the first week of March, everything's pushing into there. Yeah. Now, the southern part of the state, my father-in-law said that there's – he's starting to see numbers of snows there. I'm sure. But, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was nice to be outside today and hear, hear the cadence of a special belly nice. over the top. And there they were. It was like, oh. That's one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Of of the Dakotas of the prairie potholes is the spring return. The spring migration is so mm-hmm. sweet. Oh, it's. I mean, if you want to just enjoy some wildlife and some beautiful, yeah, just go out on a spring day and just go check over some potholes that are, you know, sitting in a cornfield. Or, I mean, it is just. It's nice. I got a lot of respect for those guys who like go out in the springtime and throw out just their mm-hmm. six best decoys and just take pictures of of awesome, yeah. awesome waterfall. Oh, I that's something I would like to do. Oh yeah, just just film them. Yeah, get no, your re- very... get your re- get your reels for the year. Yeah, the spring. Oh yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh. It's just special that, and and it's like coming out of just the deep dark hellish winter too. It's just mm-hmm. and, and dude, this year that snow is so important, so important. It's a big, it's a big deal here. I mean, we were we were nasty dry last summer and and into the fall. Yeah, it was it was terrible. We you know, if you weren't on big bodies of water, there wasn't ducks being held. It wasn't you know, it's just. Uh, and, yeah and it's not just from the duck hunter's perspective it's everybody yeah. needs it yeah so yeah definitely well yeah cool time of year coming real excited to get with you and do some hunting um no last year was weird because i didn't hunt with the boys you know turkey hunt with For the boys sure. that was always the what i look forward to in the spring um yeah that uh that spring trip we got planned this year will be that'll be right uptown that'll be adventure um something new a new area that i haven't been in i have i have some high hopes to just like get familiar with that area um because that whitetail tag up there is is something that i'd be really interested in here in the next couple years yeah uh if a guy can just, you know, lay some groundwork up there, it would be, it could be, it could be pretty cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We got to figure out, we got to figure out what we're doing for big game this year. Yeah. Yeah. That goes, that goes into that topic as well. Ground, ground game whitetails is, 
has got to be on the list, right? Yeah, which if we do that, I have 15 days to buy a tag. So I'd really like to know mm. if we're gonna do that or not. <laughs> you can you can be my you can be my cameraman, bud. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I mean the odds of us shooting two on the ground aren't that great. Well, Mm-mm. they're fine, but it could happen. Yeah, at that point, it's a matter of how picky, how picky you stay. Yeah, we stay. Well, maybe we'll look into that soon. It'd be cool to get maybe like then I could get a rifle tag, you could have a bow tag, and then we could like drive over and rifle hunt after we bow hunt or mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah, lot to lot to figure out. Yep. All right. Well, sweet. Well, thanks for coming on. I'll uh, yeah. see you in what? Under two months. Weird. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Like so, six weeks. I'll see you. You hardly even have to dust off the shotgun. You just got done shooting ducks out there. That is one benefit of living where the season goes till the end of January. Unbelievable. <laughs> and we're starting to we got two weeks uh yeah what two weeks from Saturday we'll be bear hunting. So pretty jacked up. I know you don't care about greasy old bears, but they don't care about you either. So worry about me for. All right, we're cool. See you, buddy. Thanks for coming. Peace.